Good evening. I'm Orson Welles. Tonight, broadcasting takes a giant leap backward. Nothing is wrong with your set. I repeat, nothing is wrong with your set. Tonight's episode is an experiment, one we hope you'll enjoy. So gather the kids, the dog, grandma, and lock them in another room. And sit back and enjoy this very special episode of The Low Score Podcast, starring Bobby Schweizer and Jason Ford. Because I can actually hear what's out in the hallway. <clears throat> so someone's here. Check check this out when you get a chance. Someone's here. Yeah, someone's here in the meat closet. Oh, what? Uh, I need to look at mine. I haven't looked at it yet. It's Alex from Maryland. Woof, 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 Alex. Alex likes video games. Shocker. I think everyone who should who came to the Magfest should be required to put something else besides video games as their interest. Right. Do you really think that one hundred percent of people here like video games? I bet it would be a really high percentage. But I think there's enough um, friends, cosplay enthusiasts, mm-hmm. LARPers, LARPers, LARPing LARPers, board games, board gamers who out of desperation might, came here. Yeah, who may lower that quotient down from 100. percent Sure, I think that's true. Um, I mean, I don't even. That's not good. I don't even like video games. I mean, they're fine. They're fine. Video games are C plus. I take them or leave them sometimes. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say. Uh, I wanted to go, we were talking about Michael McDonald songs and I wanted to say that giant bomb totally fucked up with their best use of a licensed song in games. They should have done the Chicago. If you leave me now sequence from GTA five, where oh, yeah. Trevor's in the car with the, like this guy's what he kidnapped this guy's wife. And so like Trevor is the uh, wild card. Yeah. That, that's the crazy guy. And so he's like taking her back to him and they're in the car and she's like, don't cry. And, and if you leave me now is playing. It's like, if you leave me now, you take away. I'm like, man. How, how deliberately funny is GTA Five, and how just like abrasive is it? Because it, it's it not, seems like a game with humor in it. It's not abrasive. No, it's, not, it's very deliberately funny. Yeah. I would think. I actually think that all of the GTA games, whether their humor lands or not, is very, very deliberate. Right. Well, for me, GTA Vice uh, City was a lot of caricatured, sort of larger than life people. GTA Four was lots of uh, cultural difference humor. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I didn't play yeah. San Andreas enough to know what the humor is in that. Uh, yeah, GTA 4 is like Borat. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, my yeah. wife. My wife. <laughs> Thanks, folks. The what you did to my waveform. My wife. <laughs> Have you been uh, listening to the uh, recaps? I, I listened to the first 40 minutes of the part one best of the year. Uh, I finished finally finished the comedy Bang Bang Hollywood Extravaganza, which was great. Pretty good. Yep. The uh, Bachelor Brothers made a great appearance. Oh, so good. Hey, babe. <laughs> great to see you, Scott. 
Anyway. So last time we got together when you were like selling me on Comedy Bang Bang, I went home and I like made it a thing to listen to it. Yeah, they're great. It's and great. I just I never got it. Do I never liked who it. The guests were in the I ones don't. you listen to. You know, I'm sure it is a show that like takes a while to grow on you, but with all the things that I want to listen to instead, like I just didn't have. Do you the know time how I it. get into it? Tell me. I muted Borderlands and listened to it forever. And I played so much Borderlands that I listened to 80 hours of it. You know, it was great. It definitely takes getting to know some of the characters. Like, I don't know if somebody like Bill Cosby Bukowski is funny, like, in a single appearance. Right. But repeat appearances again and again when you just think, like, how did somebody think up this idea? How does it sort of work? A good illustration. He's the Jaloit Laureate. (laughs) Is, is the, a, good, a good illustration of the way the show works is maybe in this holiday episode where on the one hand you get characters who work when you know nothing about them like Paul F. Tompkins doing Alan Thicke. If you just yes. know anything about Alan Thicke, it's, everything <laughs> it's he says is so brilliant. Funny. And then you get Bill Cosby Bukowski and other characters where the humor is entirely in what they talked about last time. Right. So assuming the show can balance that and that the guest is good enough at just conversation, it mm. works. Yeah, it's so weird because like, everything you say from that show that you reference sounds hilarious to me, yeah. but when I just listened to it, it's never clicked. Well, my favorite character from this year is Maul McCartney, played by John Daly. And <laughs> the one joke of it is it's Paul McCartney, but his name is Maul. And he's just like, yeah, baby, that looks great. It's me, Mama Cotney. You know, it's like, it's a very one note character, but I was cracking up the whole time. So it's hard to sell people on stuff like this. I, I get it. Is there a problem? Yeah. The mic got unplugged or something. Oh. Which mic? Your oh, mic? Wait. Kevin, talk again? Yes. Nope. I can't hear you at all. Uh, push, like, push the, the cords together. Because, Jay, you can talk into the microphone and fill time instead of texting. I can. Or you yeah. can just read what is you're texting. This, uh, uh, let's, no, it seems like it's... Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Now, okay. So what, should I not do anything? Uh, yeah, don't, okay. don't do anything. Not moving. I'll let you know if it drops out again. So right. my favorite character, and Bobby, I think it's an episode you might get into, is I. there's a lot of great people. I've said before, I love James Adomian. I think he He's, is the best. He is a comic who... Uh, he has used podcasts... To make a really good comedy career. Yes. Like, he's used it as a platform in a really fresh way. He's he's a great improviser, but an incredible impressionist. He does Tom Likas. Okay. And Yes. Uh, you should know uh, James Adomian, a gay guy, doing Tom Likas with, f- like, other female guests is the best. He is, um, <laughs> on one of them, uh, Maria Bamford is in there. And so she's the, like, main guest, who the main guest is just, like, themselves. Mm-hmm. She's on for like twenty minutes, and then Tom Likas comes in. Boom, boo, doo, 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 doo. Westwood one, boo, doo. It like comes in, and then she can't talk the rest of like the hour and a half. She's just losing <laughs> as he says the most vile, horrible things and tries to take over the show. But I mean, he's also impressed with his vocal range. He does Jesse Ventura, yeah, which has got to destroy your vocal cords. Oh, it's, it's got to be horrible. so throaty and guttural. Jay, I, and, I, and I bet like, you can do a Jesse Ventura, a Jesse Ventura voice. Yeah, it's got to be. Oh, hey, hey, Scott. It's a little gravelly. Hey, Scott. Yeah. Let me tell you about all of these conspiracies coming down. <laughs> yep. All all the- it's not bad. First, the state senator from Massachusetts put pie in my tackle box. Pie in the tackle box. That's because they want to make mincemeat out of you. Mincemeat pie, it all comes together. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> all your vowels. It's perfect because your vowels are like so muddled. Over-enunciate. <laughs> and, and over-enunciating, you don't say any of the words that he actually said. But. Like, that's one thing. Not only does he do, like, a spot-on 
uh, Jesse Ventura, he also does Huel Hauser, which is another one of his best impressions. Bobby, do you know who Huel Hauser is? No. Huel Hauser is a public television figure from California. He hosts a show called California's Gold. Wait, is it a real person? It's a real person. Okay. He passed away. He passed away. He, but for oh. decades, he hosted this show that would just like uncover the majesty of California. And he was loved and sort of mocked for being this wide-eyed man like, Oh, look at these these huge gold mines. They're amazing. Everything is so amazing here in the sunny foothills of California. And so James Adomi did an episode where both Huel Hauser and Jesse Ventura were on at the same time and would alternate between, between a voice like this and then a voice like this. So the idea was they had teamed up to to just like investigate inside jobs, <laughs> which is so funny because Jesse Ventura is like, we're going to get to all the important inside jobs, all the problems happening within our government. Yeah, like librarians and police officers. <laughs> You know, jobs that take place inside. Yeah. And I was like, wait, do you just think inside jobs are jobs that take place indoors? Well, yeah, inside jobs. I love this guy. He's always investigating things. He's got the same kind of sharp mind I do. It's, it's like, yeah. I don't know. That so, stuff's so funny. Yeah, anyway, it, it is a big time investment, but it's in the same way that maybe I'm afraid to listen to Bombcast because I haven't listened to yeah. Five years, six years of it? I, I think know. in the same way, if you're not, like, one of the things that makes the Bombcast so good for me is I really like video games. So even when they're not being silly at all, mm-hmm. I still find it very engaging. Right. But for somebody like you who obviously is into video games but isn't sitting there, I, I don't right. imagine. I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. reading news all the time. Exactly. So there may be some content that's interesting for sure, but you'd more or less be, like, waiting for their weird, like, non sequiturs that make, make it special yeah. uh, from other video game podcasts. In the same way, Comedy Bang Bang, I think, like, it's a patient game. It, sometimes, like, the jokes and stories take, like, time to build up. Like, in that hour and a half time investment, you've really got to wait for, like, the crazy moments of comedy that aren't, aren't, they're only funny because they've earned them from all the buildup. Yeah. So, I, I would like, to, so my brother, my brother, and me, one of the good things that they do is put out, like, a, like, sampler pack every year. I would like something like that to help me get into. That's funny well, that's you're mentioning the that. Best of the year episode. Oh, really? The last four episodes are the host and Paul F. Tompkins, who's a frequent guest, is like dozens of characters. They're counting down the 15 best moments oh. of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give those a listen then. You should give them a listen. They've I will so, Some of the clips good. are rather long, but again, they need time eh. to build up some of the jokes. So right. like, it's not just sound bites, yeah. it's like bits. It's like, you know, 20 minutes. I can listen to a long even, podcast. Even it's not a problem. That, like, I don't know how funny Marissa Wampler is going to be in like a one-off episode. Womp it up, right? So there's this character. I mean, I don't even want to describe it. It's just such a long. They <laughs> exactly. had to do a, a birthday special for her because they had so much like material that had been building it's up with crazy. all the divergent storylines about her character, and there's like She's... eight characters associated with her that also need to be on. Mm-hmm. It's, you know... Tracy Reardon <laughs> who comes on gutter balls, yeah. Marissa Wampler is uh, the 16-year-old intern at Comedy Mang Mang who is shaped like a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> She's played by Jessica St. Clair, yeah. who was on an NBC show briefly, Best Friends Forever. Daughter of Corky St. Clair? Lennon Parnum, is that her name? Is that the other woman? Yes. Who's also on Comedy Bang Bang mm, a lot. A and lot. Is, and is part of the Womp, Womp It Up episode. Womp It Up. But um, Jessica St. Clair has most recently been in a bunch of TJ Maxx commercials. Have you yes. seen her? Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely Have you seen these her. ones? It's like, like the fashion show wide ones. And there's a You'd recognize her. Thing. She like guest stars in a lot of things. Yeah, she's okay. in a lot of shows. Sure. I believe Lennon that. Parnum was on the most recent season of Mad Men as a realtor. Are, would Jay, are you clicking your microphone off? Yeah, on and off. Is that bad? Yeah, don't click it off. Just oh, leave okay. it. What if I put it down? Does that make sound? 
It makes sounds. You just just hold it. You can you can you don't have to say anything. Let's hold it away from your mouth, but don't click it on and off. That's uh, that's so much work. Hey, we're at MacFest. Yes. Uh, so this isn't Where? a podcast about other podcasts. It's a podcast about video games. Is that what you usually say? <laughs> this is a <laughs> podcasting podcast. No, that was that was like six years ago. We did the gamers. Yeah. This is this in the is, Mac. It's the gamers club. No, it's not. Actually, we we occasionally used to do that on the. Yeah, we've done. You still do yeah. that bit uh, every year. Oh, hey, it's the low score we've, podcast. We've slowly this isn't a snacking. We've podcast. slowly changed the opening of the show, which used to be very scripted, and then there used to be like video clip or like audio clips and stuff. Right. Now it's mainly just let's just start talking, and then when we get sick of each other, we'll well just go so into this one of you material. is over here and one of you is over there. Yes, yeah. so I need the spatial. So we're at National Harbor and Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, you're over there. Mm-hmm. I am Bobby. You're over there. I am, and a good friend of the show, Kevin, is over there. What? Friend of the show, good friend of the show, way over yonder. Thank you. <clears throat> I brought all of my audio equipment on the plane. Yeah, this is fun. We're holding like real, real, microphones. real microphones. It feels like a podcast. Really nice. You've got you looking very good with the like spider clip <laughs> yeah, and the it's... microphone there. Well, the t- square microphone. I got all cool. this shit next to me, so yeah, I we, might as well get We look like we're emceeing in a, an invisible bar mitzvah or something. I like though with all of your um, super nice audio equipment cords everything looks very complicated we're still using audacity to record like i can't believe like there's no better software everyone does yeah i know everyone does and it's like it's an excellent piece of software it is easy to use sure it sounds great like there's a lot it doesn't do but i mean um but but it surprises me like that it has been like so adequate for so you've got a mixing board that's i imagine just mixing all this into a single channel could i get um a terrapin we're enjoying delicious beverages but you've got an audio board going into your MacBook, mixing yeah. this into a single channel, yeah. and then you're just recording the single audio channel. Yep. You can clean it up or whatever at the end. I'll level eight it and exactly. add some music and be done. Done. But yeah, Two it's free programs. <laughs> exactly, Levelator, which has not been updated in like four years or three years. Yeah, still, thank you, sir. Um, it's MacFest twelve, which would make it the t- big MacFest 12. 12. Is this the eleventh MacFest we've been to then? Yes. Yes. Not you, Jay. You. This is your tenth. Six. No. Three. Oh, because you missed yours. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's right. You didn't go to Charlottesville. I didn't go for a while. No. Did I go to seven? I might have gone to seven. Uh, my seventh. Four was Charlottesville. I didn't go to four. Five was Tyson's Corner. Yeah. Was six also Tyson's Corner? Six through. All up until Gaylord were at the Alexander. So six, I, seven, and the eight next were. one I went to after three in Williamsburg was at the Mark Hilton. The Mark Hilton. And I yeah. went to at least two there. I think that were the three there? Yes. Um, so my chronology is prehistory, MAGFest 1, Roanoke, Dark Ages, the two Williamsburg plus the Charlottesville, in terms of the number of people and plus my mental timeline. Yeah, sure. Then there's the kind of. Iron Age, Proto, Middle Ages of <laughs> MAGFest 5, followed by the kind of enlightenment of the Mark Center, and now we're in the modern era. I feel like huh. we are firmly in the modern era of MAGFest in terms of mechanization. We got a lot of people doing a lot of things. You know. I look forward to uh, MAGFest 2300 AD. We're all just like MAGFesting in domes. It'd be great. I'd like to be able to MAGFest from a private yacht uh, and be holographed in. I don't know. We'll see if we can do that. We we just finished a panel, Kevin and I. Yeah. Yes. Which went pretty well, actually. Pretty well. Um, I don't think we rambled too much. I uh, had a lot to say about game spaces and environments. 
Uh, it wasn't super scripted, so it was gratifying to be able to answer every question offered in some way, even if not totally adequately. But um, one thing MAGFest is doing this year that is different is MAGFest is having panels run significantly after dinner. Yeah. And uh, I was afraid that no one would show up, but we had well over 100 people, yeah. 120, 150, I don't good, know. Good turnout and engaged turnout. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, as, at this point, like as a numbers game, like we can pretty much guarantee there will be people at every panel because people are just like there's going to be eleven to fifteen thousand people here this weekend. So people are just looking for stuff to do, right? So as long as they don't leave during the middle of the panel, I consider that a success. I mean, I'd even be okay with the panel where twenty five people came in just to have like a relatively quiet room to be in. That's twenty five <laughs> butts in the seats. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, but as I was saying to you earlier, I think at this point we could pretty much wing a panel on any topic. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, we're used to answering questions. Like we've been doing the MAGFest panels sure. for 11 years. I'm sure for 11 years now. Sure. Well, um, we've been doing gosh. them long enough that when people who haven't been doing them as long propose to do a panel, we mentally think, Oh, we did that seven years ago. Yeah. But what's nice is that now there's this ability to talk about a lot of things. Yeah. There was one specifically that came up this year where like, Kevin's like, I, we did that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't remember which one it was. But, but you know, but it's nice is that, you know, we're old faces, but it's nice to see new faces and to have new perspectives. Yeah. I, I mean, learned for, a lot and hear about a lot of cool projects. For a while, it was kind of you and I that were, like, the main people doing these, like, academic intellectual panels, whatever you want to call them. And it is nice that other people have gotten interested in them and then, you know, run with it and with Tim organizing it. Um I, I'm glad that I did not have to take that because I, I don't have that kind of time mm-hmm. or energy or anything to try to run panels. No, but. It's a lot of wrangling. Um, the people We're very thankful for the people that we uh, run into year to year who do an immense amount of emailing and putting up with people. Uh, but, you know, it's such an impressive operation. Tens of 10,000 plus people. Um, and so far, it's all running pretty well. Uh, earlier on, Jay's brother Kevin only waited 35 minutes in a line that seemed to be a mile long. So, yeah. you know, things are moving along quickly. The, I think it's it's night and day, not even from the earlier MAGFests, but even, like, the, the Hilton and here. Oh, yeah. Like, the quality of the convention, the size of it, the organization, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is, it is, like, it really very much seems like it's come on its own. Like, it, part, of the, part of it, I mean, again, to me, like, leaving for a while, it seems like everything before MAGFest 10 is, like, pre-MAGFest. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if you look at this like on a long scale. If it's you think like MAGFest beta, now we're in like the actual release. Because yeah. it seemed like there was like a <laughs> snowballing effect and then like an explosion of like everything like came together. Well, for years, I always thought that the first couple of years of MAGFest were very regional and very limited to like circulating on a few different web communities. So there were people from the shiz who liked uh, the... Um, uh, the mini bosses. There were people from um, Overclocked Remix and other websites, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really until Destructoid and all the major news sites started picking up yeah. that there were gigantic meetups of those communities. Yeah, and once word got out about how good the music was and all that other stuff, and I think people also like an alternative to Penny Arcade because Penny Arcade Expo and a lot of the other ones are very corporate, and Magfest is yeah. still, for how big it is, not corporate. No, well, I think the focus on the music, the like homegrown type of idea. I also think uh, Penny Arcade specifically is kind of on the outs. Like, uh, I think as big as I don't know if anybody's like followed like the strip search stuff or any of the stuff that's going on with like um, Gabe in the public. Oh yeah, there's there's uh, he, backlash against 
things they have said. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, he can't take a yeah, step without putting I, his foot I in his mouth. I think that even when they are really well-intentioned, seem very full of themselves, and, and if not full of themselves, but very much like you're with us or against us, there's not a very inclusive yeah. vibe there. Um, they're they're, they're kind of, they're just like simple dudes, so... And I'm not even talking about the two guys. I'm talking about... That's why I very specifically mentioned, like, the strip search. Oh, thing. oh. They, they just seem to me, like, when I see all of the peripheral stuff, they think a lot of themselves as a company. Like, there um, are uh, hiring practices or, like, the things they make people go through. Oh, I read about a report. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's... Um, I don't know. I think there. I think there are. There's a little bit of, if not in the fan community, at least in the professional community. Like, oh, is that where I want to go to promote my game or my website or whatever? Like, that seems like even if it's its kind of own thing. I don't know if I want to be part well, of it. Also, and Magfest has no agenda besides like Magfest, right? right. And, and it's also thinking about what, say, San Diego Comic Con has become for all media, but also how video games have kind of retreated more and more from stuff like CES where when we were young reading about CES and Nintendo Power was wow this is one of the few public places where video games are happening and even that's like this rarefied thing we'll never go to exactly and then they kind of grew out I will tell you that as a as a comic book fan, like San Diego Comic Con is looked on with huge disdain. Mm-hmm. I imagine like, as like fuck the movie and TV people who took that over. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, it's been like a decade since it kind of got pushed away. Totally, yeah. uh, it's that and the Wizard World franchise are looked very much down upon. Like the the cons that are looked upon with respect are Heroes Con in North Carolina, um, Emerald City Con in Seattle. And the Baltimore Comic Con are looked at as like right. the top tier. Like these are like for comics fans, by comics fans, not the world's like biggest. Um, oh, also C two E two in Chicago, um, and growing the New York Comic Con though. That's kind of a weird beast. That's like well, and I've heard such. Uh, there's also been a lot of controversy about Dragon Con recently. Uh-huh. Dragon Con's always been more oriented toward role playing. Totally. The, one of it, yeah, original, it's, sci- it's sci-fi fantasy. Sci-fi fantasy. One of their original founders essentially is a serial child molester, and he had it set up so that he was profiting off of the convention and oh my escaping God, jail time. It's a really long process. The guy's called Ed Kramer, and a lot of people I know boycotted Dragon Con over the fact that anyone who was registering was ineffectively giving him money. But I think something happened recently where Dragon Con bought itself away from him, and now he's going to be in jail. Or house arrest or something. So anyway, that might clear itself up eventually. Right. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a big Atlantic probably. Right? Yeah, but it, it you know it's unfair that the like thirty thousand people who go to Dragon Con like aren't complicit in something. You know, of like, course. It, it, you, you don't want to put the blame on all of them. So, um, oh, where did this even come from? We're we... talking about conventions. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of what they are. Um. I think Magfest is a good story about it. I think that it's it's kind of many years before it really exploded into the limelight. And I don't even know if it has exploded in the limelight. I still don't like no. as many people as here, like thousand like like over ten thousand people who have been here the last several years, I don't see it mentioned nope. at all. In, uh, it's it's mentioned on Destructoid because those people come to this. Correct. And that's and they it. Follow the like music right? stuff. But you know, you're not gonna see this on IGN or Giant Bomb. Maybe Kotaku will mention it, know. you know, like but it's it's certainly not guaranteed. I think it'll so. get forum threads, but maybe not front page on a lot of. It, might, it might be because um, game developers don't come here, which is not a criticism. It's just a statement of fact. Yeah. Um, 
So obviously there's not going to be game announcements or like right. news isn't made at Magfest. Right, which is why journalists won't come wouldn't, or wouldn't Beyond want to the come. the fact that like it exists, right. like that's might be somewhat newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hey. most newsworthy thing a couple of years ago when Uematsu was here, that got picked up. But year to year, it's, you know, not as much. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, my brother Kevin. A terrapin. You can, we can Ke- talk Kevin, to him. Kevin, I want a terrapin beer. Just please okay, give me that. Yeah. Thanks. Hi, Kevin. We'll uh, use our words. Yeah, we can we can talk as if other people. I know. Here. I just didn't want to interrupt. No, that's fine. Yeah, um, that that was all I was saying. Yeah, but are they in this cooler? The blue one. Yeah, they're in they're in that cooler. Blue one. Why did I say that? Yeah. Yeah. See, everyone needs to know. If you're going to be talking, you might as well be talking into the microphone. It's the I, other can that looks like that. Yeah. There you go. But uh, yeah, in the same sense, like I feel like I, I Magfest like the- is so outgrown us. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, it's it's just crazy because you know you Which used to great, be right. Yeah, it, that's how it should be because mm-hmm. we're nobody. I like I like though that it there doesn't seem to be any other purely enthusiast con. I think PAX gets close. Yeah. Um, and it's bigger. And and to be fair, like you are gonna see like a presence from game publishers there to play like new games and stuff like mm-hmm. that, which I guess is kind of cool. But you're right about the developer thing. Um, and I think I actually think that there would be a good space in MAGFest for independent developers to come and uh, yeah. promote their work. And I know that in years past... They tried they, to do that last year at least. Yeah, they had like a couple demo stations up. But, you know, it's just like it's local hobbyists who came right. to it. Sure. It's not... The, the, but I think, I the think top guy I, who came was the guy who did To the Moon, which I've heard is an excellent game, but oh, yeah. I still haven't played it. With the raw numbers, though, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a rough time of year maybe for some people. But with the raw numbers who come, like... If Magfest, I don't know what, like the financial situation of Magfest is. Like I would think they would have to fly people here. Some people, yes. A lot of the money Magfest puts out is to pay the bands to be able to bring their equipment here. Okay. Yeah, the, and, the bands sure. would be the most expensive. And in the cases oh. of bands like Earthbound Papas, it's like pay really well-established mm. musicians to perform. Yeah, that's God, that's that where a lot awesome. of the money goes. That was so awesome. Yeah. That's still a, what a, when Earthbound Papas came. I I don't did I see them? Umatsu. You saw the them. band of Ooh, the composer. Oh, oh yes, yes. Okay, yes. I did yeah. see that. Yes, um, I forgot that's what it was called. But I would think that you know if they were to were to pay not pay them but pay airfare, pay lodging, let them into the you know comp room for food and stuff. I think that would go a long way. To uh, I mean, yeah, we get our badges comped, and that's enough to get us here because mm-hmm. everything else is so cheap. I I imagined the well, year. No, I mean, if you're an, if you're an indie game developer. Um, like an air air airfare might be a lot. Sure. Yeah. If, if, if your if your principal source of income is your game, definitely correct. And but if you're only coming here to promote your game, like think about the amount of money that you would like set aside. Like, oh, I'm actually going to enjoy this thing while I'm here, in addition to promoting my game. So like, mm-hmm. part of the cost of it is just recreational, and part of the cost of it is like part of my business. I, I would imagine that to be the case. But I I do think that if they pushed for it, this would be the perfect place for it. Cause already there, you know, like we said, there's no corporate there's, interest in any of this. There's, there's no there's, noise competing with it. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, this, this would be a great time to have people come play games, do write-ups online. How interesting would it have been to like sit on a panel or even the panel you just had, like have somebody who had done it. Yeah. Like, like I, on there as a separate, yeah, just like design panels in particular. Right. Um, like like the dual voices of like the scholarly voice and the practical voice. Well, I actually think that one thing that happened in the panel today was what we thought the panel was going to be was not what the moderator thought the panel was going to be, which mm-hmm. was fine. We were able to roll with it. But yeah, the panel that he wanted it to be probably would have worked better for, for developers. designers yeah. and maybe an academic. Sure, exactly. Uh, 
it worked out. Kevin, as a game designer yourself, what kind well, of advice would you give students? Speaking as someone who designs games <laughs> while I'm on the toilet, uh, you know. But but I think what's fun to do is say, okay, well, even though I don't do this, I have been doing this hobby for so right. long, and I'm a reasonably clever person. Right. What have yeah, I thought yeah. about it? And that's how I've been able to get the, the only, course. The reason you're a game designer is because you don't design games. Right. Like, it's not because you don't know how to do it right. or you, you or can't that speak I that language. put thought into why is this thing here and why is this yeah. thing telling me to go this way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, yeah there's, there's certainly, like, an amount of practical advice, but that is... I guess there are people in that audience who'd be interested in practical advice, but the more interesting conversation is, this, I think, the stuff that we branched yeah. out into. But I will say, I think, I think there's a chasm between, like, yeah, I could do that and having done it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That is, like... Sure. Hard. As a, as a something, like... I don't... Like, I don't have a game in me, like, for the few times I've ever tried to, like, sit down and, like, program that. I'm like, no, I don't think that way. Like, mm-hmm. I'm much more into, like, architecture and stuff and, like, backend stuff. Um, and, oh, that are kind of architecture. Right, exactly. Like, Do, do you, you like pyramids? I, I really like thinking about, like, the problems I like solving are, okay, if I unplugged this machine, I don't want anybody to know that. That's the kind of problem I like to solve. Yeah. That is super fun to me. Um, I actually keep arguing for so like the Netflix like engineering team has a cool like blog, and one of the things they say is like test in real time, and that's what they do. Like mm-hmm. every like unannounced, they will go and just like shut down like a, a networking server. And so then they say, let's scramble and see what we can do to yeah. So the, like resources. The, and- the first time that happened in production, and the first time that happens, like is a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then the next time that happens, it's less of a disaster. And then, like, the fifth time that happened, nothing happens. Maybe they should have hired them for healthcare.gov. Don't get me started, man. Uh, did, uh, did I tell you about the thing that I've been talking about as being something that I say now? 23 uh, Skidoo? No, we that's can talk something about that. that I say now. But um, <laughs> for whatever reason, it reminded me of this. Uh, it's going up to someone and say, a million dollars? Can we grab a Wait, no, how do I How do I say it? It's when someone says a million dollars, you go, you know what's cool? A billion dollars. That's yeah. funny. And then just social like network. Say then, yeah. But yeah. I, but stay actually, social. I may have actually fucked up the way you, the hashtag, way you right. say it. Hashtag, hashtag social network. Hashtag no. YOLO. Hashtag stay, stay social. Right. But I have a lot of respect for not only game developers, but like any developers who are like building either either even like UI things mm-hmm. or like crazy APIs and stuff. I'm like it's not on my head works. Like I just right. don't. I don't well, know. I, I was really one of my favorite Magfest memories was seeing Sid Meier talk a couple years yeah, ago. I agree. That I was, was outstanding. I was. I mean, you know, even if it wasn't getting too technical, I was kind of hanging off his every word because. He's an example of somebody who's had a prolific authorial career. I mean, he gets his names on his games in ways that a lot of people don't. He's worked on a lot of different kinds of games, and he's worked on some games I've played. And I just love to hear some of the war stories he had to tell about Maybe. difficulties. And you know, and he's also had a career throughout several different generations of game design. Yeah, it was weird when he was talking about working on Civ for Facebook. I'm like, no, what are no, you doing? Like, you've made so many awesome games. Why are you doing that? Is that even around anymore? I have no idea. Okay. So oh, you're not on uh, Kevin Ford, who's now just grabbing a microphone. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not Jason. Oh wait, no, I can't hear you. No, nope. Long time is listeners, your micro- is your microphone on? Uh, Hang on. Long time listeners uh, to Kill Time. Are you sure? I see. I see the audacity modulating when he says. Well, things. I'm, I'm talking. You're talking, and I'm talking now. Well, it's Kill Time. Well, this is well to, to Kill nah, Time. It's picking up on other mics. Um, Long time listeners will know Kevin as the sometimes voice saying it's the low score podcast with bobby and jay because his voice sounds almost exactly like pre-episode 100 which by the way we have still not recorded oh god yeah uh, long promised long suffering episode 100 we're gonna do it yeah don't don't get me started um 
Kevin, talking to the microphone. Hello. Nope. God damn it. We're experiencing difficult technical difficulties. Funny story. You mentioned that intro. My roommate, who's also a long-time listener of the show, thought yeah. that was Jay doing the intro. That's hilarious. It blew his mind when he was like, wait, that's you who does that? And I was that's, like, yeah. That's, that's always thing. been me. So uh, my family comes down to Richmond, and we have Thanksgiving with Carrie's family. And Hello. so Kevin shows up and says like three words, and immediately one of my nieces is like, you talk like Uncle Jay. <laughs> <laughs> like like immediately, yeah. Which is like, yeah, well, okay. I mean, that's fair. You got to be careful if you're yelling from one room to the next while obscured by sight. Oh, right. well. The wrong person might come by. All right, I, th- I think I know the problem. What's the problem? The uh, input that this mic is going into is not a powered input. Mm-hmm. I think that this mic requires power. Okay. And I thought I had two of these little Y adapters, Jim Jams, but, but I don't. do not. Okay. So we will need to ask Adam to bring another Y adapter. And uh, in the meantime, I can share, Kevin and Kevin can share a microphone. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Because, well, same name, same person. So I actually had a question relevant to what we were talking about before. So Kevin, as, um, how long have you been going to MAGFest? Is this your fourth year? Yeah. 2011 was my first year. So obviously you like video games, but it's far from your primary hobby. Right. You're doing it all the time. So what is it that brings you to MAGFest? What do you, what do you like about it that? Makes you well, mostly it's you know, a lot of my friends come to it, so it's just a good excuse to have a bunch of friends reunite. Mm-hmm. Like I know in your case, you have a bunch of your friends in the UBA Gamers Club. Yeah, that's... you basically see once a year. Totally, and it's Magfest. This is pretty much the one time where you can get all of your friends agreeing to come to one thing and all hang out. But like, it's cool to also just go to the game room and discover some new games I never played. Like just now, there's this weird like Street Fighters Mini Max game or something like that. That okay. was really really fun. I never played it before. I've just never stu- heard of it. We that just game. stumbled upon it in the arcade. It's like some weird. Is it like, a fighting game? Street yeah. Fighter's Mini Max? It's like it's like a Street Fighter type fighting game, but they're like more chibi like Street Fighters. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I saw some dude playing that. Yeah, it was really and it was really really fun. So like I've never not heard like that game Puzzle Fighter, like a like, like the actual Street Fighter. Like yeah, it was fighting Zangief versus like Chun Li and other uh, Street wanna, Fighter property characters. I want to play that so, really bad. So yeah, go play that. It's fun. That but uh. The, the arcade room is the place that I need to spend more time in every year because they have so much crazy stuff in there. I, I, I played uh, Ollie King. Yep. It is a uh, arcade skateboarding game with like a big skateboard apparatus. So awesome. Um, and I played, I think like four of them, and I was like roping people in who were just watching. Like, you have to play this game. This is crazy. Like super cool. It's- I want to spend more time down there. I would like to sit down at one of the like Japanese cabinets, like with the bullet shooters, and mm-hmm. just like learn it. Get good. Just get, yeah, I mean, not get good, but spend half an hour, an hour with it and kind of understand it. Like I did with that weird game where the pigs were falling a couple years ago. Like that's one of my more memorable MAGFest moments. Like what is this game even? So one of the things I got to say that's been a great benefit of MAGFest being as big as it is, is now every year the arcade has the most physical machines I've ever seen in a single arcade Agreed. by far. And so, like, I was able to discover three games I've never played today. I mean, they weren't all good, but there were discoveries. And that's something that increasingly is impossible to do because you don't go to places that have cabinets. Right. Let alone non-Street Fighter Two or Donkey Kong cabinets. Sure. So that's something to look forward to every year because you don't know what there's going to be. We we had an, an issue earlier where the one game we wanted to play, Windjammers. Windjammers. Uh, Jam on, the wind. On one of the Neo Geo multi-cabinets, 
was the only cabinet the that we found that was just turned off and we couldn't figure out yeah. how to play it. Yeah, so so I said, well, Jay was like, yeah, I'll go see if I can like ask somebody about it. Could it turn on? Because I assumed I was like, oh, it's off. It must be broken or whatever. Yeah. And Jay's like, oh, yeah, take some initiative. So Jay goes over to the the like arcade setup section with the dude right. there. You you rope him in. What did he say? He's so he's super nice. He comes over and looks at the machine. He's like, it's plugged in. He's trying to jam with. It. He's like, I'm gonna go try to find the key. He's like, can't find the key. He's like, all right, forgot about this machine. People have been asking us about it all day. Somebody just dropped it off and didn't leave a key to the back, and we don't know how to get into it. Oh. He's like, It's um, right there. I'd love to like bust into it, but I would break the machine, and if someone ever comes, like we'll totally open it up and turn it on. But I don't – we can't We like can't get to the – like. Whatever is right. inside of an arcade machine, the knobs and the arms. I would have to assume that anybody who's asking about Windjammers is a giant bomb uh, person, right? Like one hundred percent. Who else is playing Windjammers? I, I only know it from you. <laughs> Had guys you ever heard of that game before, John? No, me neither. Did you guys see the guy with the China Don't Care shirt on earlier? Yes. yes. And a uh, he had a fuck Ryan Davis shirt on, but he had taped over the fuck and wrote a big heart on the tape. Aww, that's yeah, nice. That's right. But then Bobby heard him say that somebody had made him tape over the fuck. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which, to be fair. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah, I get it. To, to be fair, like, totally. I guess it is. I mean, it is like an all ages yeah. con. Yeah. Because I, I, when I was in line getting my, my pass, I heard them, you know, you know, they're shouting instructions to people like which lines to go to. One of them was like, if you're under 15, you need your parental consent form. Wow. Bring it forward, yada yada. Like I just see kids who are really young, and I'm like, should they be here? Mm. I see. I've seen a couple people in the elevator, like not little little kids, but like tween age with like a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, mom of the year award. Yeah, that right kid. There. That I'm kid so is going to remember it. this forever. And, and that mom was in good spirits. Mm-hmm. I was. <laughs> I was in the elevator, um, in the garage coming in, and I had so I had my backpack, my suitcase and the mic stand and it was a, like a mom and a tween and the tween was like right and the mom was like oh what band are you in <laughs> and i was like i am not in a band you should well you could have been a band though for one brief moment you might as well i i thought i thought about like you should have said you're in the marine corps band or like the naval like, <laughs> i was like you know? oh no it's podcasting and dave like, matthews the game band? show you should come to the game show Seven. Yeah, good. Plug the game show. Yeah, like, are you Pat Sajak? I'm blind. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm not like a horrible like right wing conservative, so I'm not a Pat Sajak. Also, you're tall. Yeah, I, I am tall. That's oh, true. is Sajak like like shorter than Stallone? Like, yeah, he's like five one. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I I like seeing like the variety because we get so wrapped up in our little world of what we expect Magfest to be, which was. MacFest became the convention where you could go and get hammer time, like walk around mm-hmm. a, a game room or go see some concerts. And it was just kind of like expected that that was the case. Right. And I like that it, that is taking like a back seat to the fact that this should be a thing about video games and people who play video yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, yes. MagFest 3 was a shit show because it was just a lot of wasted people stumbling around. The shittest the show. Shittest show. But, um, you know, and, and talking about things aging, I saw... A couple with a double-sided stroll, you know, the du- the dual-wielding strollers uh, with two little little kids. That's and I'm cool. like, wow, either you guys really like video games or one of you is a very tolerant spouse because this seems like not the ideal family environment, but you got your kids here, everyone's right. here. You know, that'll increase as time goes they on. They were definitely here for MAGFest? Oh, yeah, they were in the arcade room. Okay. They were look, playing games, you know. We are also here at the same, t- or we will be here at the same time as an astronomer's convention? Astro- I'm not, I would go to those panels as well. Yeah, that sounds okay. Can we like get like a half price? 
Yeah. It's like what, CES is at the same time as the adult movie awards. I, pl- I played Mass Effect. I feel like I have a pretty good handle on astronomy. Right, yeah. yeah. S- space. Mm-hmm. Space. Space is a map. Space is a big map. Space is a big map. S- CES and the adult video expo sounds like the ideal the same, match. Yeah, that, that, yeah, you're right, though. Yeah. Yeah, you can come in. Come in. Who is that? Come in. We got Slosi, I guess, starting here. Yeah, Slosi was recording a holiday specialist. Yeah, Slosi was recording a holiday ho. Good friend of the show. Hey, Loso. Hey, everybody. This is Loso. Um, friend of the show, good friend of the show. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to invite these guys to come to our room and do shots and play beer pong, but I guess you're well, that busy. We'll, yes, we'll, we'll do that soon. Okay. Yeah. All right. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> uh, so, and, and, talk, and with our conversation, how long have you been coming to Magfest? Uh, I went to the last Magfest that was in Charlottesville for like a day, which I think was Magfest five. Okay. Four. But then four. Yeah, okay. Four. So, the, but then I've been regularly coming um, from Magfest five onwards. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So even longer than me. So. uh so why do you keep coming to Magfest? Well, I mean, it's it doesn't have just like the like the silly like the silly almost like. oppressive atmosphere of other anime or gaming themed cons. It's just a lot more intimate, a lot more fun oriented. You can go down to the floor, play arcade games, meet some people, invite them back to your room, and then play, and then drink and play games in your room all night. And that's awesome. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So trying to get you to talk into the microphone. Oh, oh I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, I thought you were just making generic blowjobs. I thought you were saying, like, <laughs> He's like he what? comes here to Are you kidding? I, like, I really thought <laughs> like, that was the they, motion I, you were I, making. I was like, I think that's, that seems uncalled for. I was trying to get... That seems unnecessary. I'm sorry. Well, okay. Shockingly, I have not engaged in any oral sex in Magfest's past. Well, we can change that. Well, no, well I'm working on it. <laughs> Bobby specifically can change that. I heard if you go to like to the ice machine at the right time, then, you know. You get iced? It's called getting iced. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm bringing it back, but I'm changing it. I heard it. if you go to the ice machine at the right time, it's actually made fresh ice, and you yeah. get ice and bring it back to the room. Yeah, we got here like That's one o'clock. An ice fairy appears and increases the magic side of your persona. And, and the first that yeah. what? Yes, if you, okay, yeah. if you go to the ice machine <laughs> yeah. at midnight. No, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, there's the. Uh, but only when it's raining. This this Vita right here has Persona Four Golden in it. I kind of want to play Little that right now. Well, it has no safe. I'm, it's uh, what if I'm eight? I'm eight feet away from you, and I kind of want to take that out of your hand and play. just wrestle him down. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to stop you if you want to. No, no. I'm. I'm. Do you want to get going? Do you think? All right. If I lent you this Vita right now, let's say I don't know when I'm going to leave on Sunday. Let's say two p.m. Do you think you could finish Persona Four Golden by that time? Okay. Mm, um, Sunday at two p.m. That means I would have roughly no no. You only have thirty six. I would have I would have around hours? Six, no, would, six, sixty hours. It would around sixty hours. No, I would need at least eighty to a hundred. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, even even like you, who is an expert at these games, it still takes time to do all the shit. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is it wouldn't be worth it. Um, it no, it, no, 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 no. And I would, have, I would have to play for the entirety of those 60 hours, which means I would not be able to engage in any of the other amazing fun things or that sleep. take place or at sleeping. MAGFest. Or sleep. Well, no, sleep is sleep is an afterthought. Absolutely. Come on. Right. Yeah. Let's be real. As, as you've proven, you're yeah. the king of not sleeping. Yeah. Oh, I gotta sleep. Oh, <laughs> I gotta sleep, man. Yeah, Last year, uh, yeah, Kevin knows the uh, the ride, the snake story, where I stayed awake for seventy two <laughs> straight hours. <laughs> oh my God. Whoa! What? In co- on an air, so I don't yeah. Tell like the whole story. All right. Tell the story. In, co- in college, I had um two. I had an exam on the like the morning and afternoon on one day, so I stayed up for seventy two straight hours. 
uh, studying for it. And after I took both exams, I go over and hang out with the people I usually eat lunch with, and I am out of it. I am completely sleep drunk, just out of my mind. And my friends go, look, Salosi, you just got to go home and go to sleep and not open your door. And I said, okay, okay. But let me go get some ice milk first. So oh, I go over ice to milk. Get, yeah, right? <laughs> Boo. <laughs> No, no, no. So no, I go. People who were into ice milk were wrong. Oh, come on. You're an idiot. Anyway, well, I'm not an regardless idiot. of terrible. your thoughts on ice milk, I wanted some of that delicious was, frozen it was treat. Very free. Which is kind. Of, it's, it's kind of. It's like low grade uh, soft serve ice cream. Anyway, so I went. <laughs> Correct. So I went and got some. And while I'm there, I am sitting there. I think I'm singing to myself or something. I'm completely out of my mind. And this dude watches me and goes, "Hey." You're all right, man. <laughs> you're like, you're just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm riding the snake. And I, and, I had no, and I had no idea what he was talking about. So I'm like, yeah, I'm riding the snake. And, uh, and uh, so like this guy, I have this conversation with this guy who's probably high. And I just go back to my friends and I'm like, hey, I met this guy and his girlfriend. And they're riding the snake. And they're like, look, Mike, just go back home and sleep, please. And then they did not believe me. They thought I was hallucinating. So f- not five minutes later, uh, a, new, a new guy wearing nothing but a Santa hat uh, streaks across the cafeteria. And right behind him is my friend from the ice milk machine <laughs> yelling, ride the snake, ride the snake. Doing like a cowboy lasso gesture above his head, running after the streaker. And then he goes, hey, that's my buddy, ride the snake. <laughs> And then my friends, my friends at the lunch table just basically could not believe what they had seen. That is amazing. That's that's, that's a good story. And yeah, that's that's what happens when I stay awake for three straight days, and that's not going to happen this. I weekend. I want to know about that guy's life, right? <laughs> Who is that dude? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. He had a neck beard, tattoos, and he was riding a snake. And that man is the vice president of the United States, <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> Well, this was in the neighborhood of 2008 or so, so Who knows? Oh, he wasn't so president. Was right, he was right. It was right. It was like right around the trying, time he might have become president with the college kids. Sure, jumping mm-hmm. on that Obama train. Yeah. The Obamas yeah. did visit Charlottesville during that campaign. Yep, mm-hmm. at the pavilion. Yep. Oh, Joe Biden is an a hole, by the way. He decided to like come do a visit in Atlanta during the night of like a big concert or something, and shut down the city like traffic for like two hours. Oh, just no. stopped on the highway. We were. I was. Um, I was trying to go to Northern Virginia um, and coming up 295, and Obama was in town. Obama shut down 295 for like an hour. Thanks, Obama. Dead stop. Yeah, it was it was crazy because I was seven cars back, so I could see the damnedest thing. Like a police car just oh, stopped no. a line of traffic, and we're like, "What the hell's going on?" They're like it carries like airports right there. I bet it's he's probably riding the snake. Like, remember how the president was speaking at the Coliseum today? I'm like, son of a bitch. That's a damn it. I, I would assume that the at this point they have invented a teleporter that only the president could use. That just seems like a like government project that would be. Yeah, it seems like it would yeah, make sense. Like we wouldn't know about it, and they would like have like fake helicopters and Air Force One and stuff. But really, you know, just Scotty have to operate it. Yeah. Yes. Just just wondering. Yeah, that's a, a Star Trek humor. Mr. Obama. <laughs> that's for you. Don't have Kevin. the power. Oh, Scotty, need you to. <laughs> I'm just teleport. I so I do you like have you seen the new Star Trek movies? Yeah. Do you like them? I think they're I think they're a lot of fun. Yes. Okay. I think they're good. Same. Okay, good. cuz I like them but I have not watched original or I've not watched like any Star Trek since I was a kid. Okay. They they help me because I can't invest time in the grand and brilliant world that is Star Trek. So it's it, I, the reset button was welcome. Okay. It, um even though I could make parallel kind of inferences between the previous franchises. It was a lot of fun because uh, 
So this this uh, newest Star Trek movie, Into Darkness, was a retelling of the Khan story. And it was fun because at the beach I learned Kevin had not seen original Wrath of Khan. So I was like, sit down. We're watching Space Seed. And then we're watching Wrath of Khan. And it Space was... Seed is the episode that introduces Khan. Correct. Right. And it was very cool, like, one, watching him watch for the first time and being like, this is, like, actually a really good movie. I'm like, I know. It's fucking Star Trek 2. It's, like, the best Star Trek movie. And then, like, watching it again being like, man, they really, like – did a cool balance between reverence for these original stories and like making it their own based on the canon they'd established in the first movie. Like this is a lot of like this is yeah. really smart. This is a really smart way to use that in a new way. Because that was my question. You know, not having seen all that stuff, like, uh, am I an idiot or a dullard or whatever for liking the new no. Star Trek movies? Um, no, you're not. <laughs> a lot. Of, I hesitate because a lot of Star Trek people, I think, did not like this movie all that much because, like, why would you redo Khan? Which is kind of a fair question, right? Um, but I think they did it in a smart and different enough way that yeah. made it worth watching. I would say, like, again, having watched it, like, going back and doing that, you're like, man, all of that stuff is there. Like, all of that stuff, like, with the dying planet and, like, his the, the last of his people and, and you know, kind of being a, a wacko sociopath but somewhat sympathetic. Yeah. And then the whole Kirk-Spock relationship thing they play on. Like, like K slash S? Like... Yeah. Like Kirk Spock, you know. What I'm yeah, about. Kirk Spock. You've seen my website. <laughs> I'm a little uh, c- curious about the future of that franchise because we know that J.J. Abrams is helming the new Star Wars. Correct. So, I mean, are they going to hand it off to a new director, or are they? I'm going... sure Lindelof will take over the writing at least. Sure. Which is, I like him a lot. That he's the Lost guy, right? He is. He was the the best voice on Lost. I thought. Um, well, they're both the Lost guy. So there were on Lost. There were. Two guys, there were Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. J.J. Abrams was not a lost guy. So J.J. Abrams did the pilot and, like, the, like, story Bible, but he left after the third episode. Sure. So, and then there were, like, 140 episodes. That explains everything. So, um, one of the, like, strengths and weaknesses of Lost were that there were two voices. Damon Lindelof, who's a big, like, sci-fi nerd, and Carlton Cuse, who's a very, like... um, He's a very religious guy. He's a very mythological guy and a very, like, character guy. Um, okay. So if you're wondering why Lost, like, couldn't decide what kind of show it wanted to be, there's the answer. Uh, did you ever watch Lost? Anybody no, watch Lost? this, is not, this yeah. is not making me more likely to watch it either. No, I'm, I'm, not, watched... I'm, not, I'm not arguing to watch Lost, but if you, if anyone wondered, like, why Lost couldn't right. pick a trajectory, that's I, why. I watched um, the entire first season of Lost and did not like it. I uh, like, okay. just wanted to say Matt Damon Lindelof. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Before and after. Anyway, but he's he's the logical choice for continuing the Star Trek franchise because I think he's a, he's a big enough dork. But I worry that he... My worry is that he actually likes Star Trek too much that you, he will just... You think he might just sort of be too reverent to I think he background? might just be like, all right, Search of Spock is next. Let's do that one now. <laughs> like, um, if you want to do Khan, okay. That's such an iconic thing. Um, if there's one thing I didn't like about the movie, it was the use of Leonard Nimoy again. To which I thought was done to great effect in the first movie to like bridge the first ones, and I thought kind of give them leeway to say like, no, this is like a weird splinter parallel universe. Yeah, I thought it was a little cheap in the second one. That's my only criticism of that movie. I I would like to see a unique story in the third one. I think that it's quite likely that we get a unique story that might draw from some episodes of the first series, but uh, maybe not go in its own direction because it has such an open ended ending. Yeah, of I course. mean, we have we have the. Uh, the Klingons and the Romulans introduced, and they go on their, what is it, a two-year mission? Mm-hmm. Basically, just at the end of the movie. So 
anything can happen. Right. And I, I think that's promising. I have an idea. Okay. So it is Kirk at Starfleet Academy. And, like, weird things are happening, and he has to balance his social life with all oh, his damn classmates. It. Damn it. And then there's, like, this dungeon that he goes into at night. At midnight. At midnight. But it's, like, not midnight. It's, like, a midnight between midnight and one o'clock. Yeah. If you bring back the uh, the girl from the first 15 minutes of the first movie that looks like Blanca, I'm all in. <laughs> it's called Persona Non Grata, and it's... Persona. And I'm trying to think of another pun, but I can't. Nope, that's good. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> it's worth note that for the past year and a half, I've had difficulty writing the word personal without actually remembering I, I do L. that too. So, so Losi is my Persona buddy. So uh-huh. I, I guess after MAGFest last year when I had mentioned that I was playing Persona 3, we started chatting on Gchat like fairly regularly. And I'd give him updates and he'd give me tips and stuff. And then it just became like, a, like I need to check in with Loso. It's been like a week. I need to tell him what I'm doing. It's it, it is good, but I've done more. I've done more for four on my own than when I was asking you a lot of questions for three. Um, where I was like, I need to know, like, what should I be focusing on? Like, what is the best strategy for this? Like, I feel like four, I have a better grip on things. Right now that I'm 120 hours in. So I wanted to draw a parallel between the end of Star Trek. Uh, what's it called? Embrace the darkness. What into, into darkness. darkness. Into darkness. Embrace the Darkness is a magic card, which I want to talk to you about magic later. <laughs> um, I pointed at my, I pointed at Slosi. Yeah. No, don't get, hand him the microphone, not the beer. <laughs> I, I'm far from a magic expert, even though I do enjoy playing the 2014 $10 version. Hell online. yeah. Hey, $10 I bought a, a box of the 2014 booster pack because people at work started playing it. Good. $10 yeah. for a, yeah. a bunch of magic cards yeah. I can play online and then 5 bucks for a bunch more decks in the expansion. That's a, that is a great deal. I want, I want to point out a horrible phenomenon that happened to Jay and I when we were kids. Uh-huh. We would always... We, so we played Magic oh, the Gathering at the same time. True. We played Pokemon <laughs> cards at the same time. Yep. Like our, our dad or whoever would buy booster packs and, he, and he'd say, all right, now I got a pack or two packs or whatever for you. Yeah, we each got a pack. So Jay would be like, all right, Kevin, I'll have you. You can pick whichever pack you want. So I'd, And I'd always pick the worst pack of the two. <laughs> you get the shitty rare 100% of He'd be like, oh, hey, Kevin. There was definitely a time where you got like, a first edition holographic Charizard. And I got, <laughs> I got fucking, who knows, like Pokemon Trainer, if that's a rare? Who, who knows? Like, it was awful. Like, every time. You'd be like, oh, thanks for the rarest card in the Tempest I Magic I set. Time warp. Time warp. Time warp. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, that's a take another times. turn after this one card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like a game-breaking card. So, it's incredible. Well, what I wanted to say about uh, Star Trek Into Darkness is that it reminds me of the end of the pilot of the new Battlestar Galactica where they're like, okay, we've set up everything. Now we can go on infinite adventures. Yeah. But what I love about that is the new Battlestar Galactica goes in pretty cool so directions. Good. Yeah. The old Battlestar Galactica, does anyone know that show besides me? No, I never watched it. So I, old, st- I, I watched a little bit of it after the first right. one and couldn't stomach more so than about three of them. It's, it's phenomenal because it's the old not... Battlestar Galactica pilot, no, I'm phenomenal in an ironic way. Okay. The okay, old okay. Battlestar Galactica starts off with the same like premise as the show right that's a new show but the second episode after like the episode right after the pilot is they go to a planet with a casino inside of it and it's just this weird excuse to do a james bond thing and like literally the whole series is a bunch of like and now we're in our weird like you know monster episode and now we're in our blah 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 so i my my theory is that the way that they set this new star trek movies up is that they can just do crazy iterations every time if they wanted to so it'd be like oh and now we're gonna go do like the ancient egyptian stargate movie you know but who knows? I man, I loved the Battlestar Galactica. So ship. good. That that's one even like I got Carrie hooked into who is not a sci fi fan. Yeah, same with same with Meg. I just like like right off the bat actually, I like how fucked they make the Battlestar people. Like, Everything's 
Like yeah. everything's fucked. It seems like they're like the best. I think I've noticed the best shows from the last ten or fifteen years aren't afraid to like rip rip up the plot and like rebuild the show because the characters are so strong. Like I think um, uh, Battlestar Galactica is a good example of that. Breaking Bad is a good example of that, where they're like, we can kind of just take this stuff in crazy directions, but we've got groundedness in the characters that we can just kind of go. And also no, like, you know, don't go on too long. Like both those shows were like four seasons. Uh, game game dash boat dot com to street pass with me. So that sounds pretty good. You want to go to that website? I'll go to game dash boat dot com. I, I don't know what it is. We've been sitting here podcasting. I got four people puzzle swapping me. Like what? What's going on, guys? Like, I'm getting the worst handheld envy going to this dude, show dude, because dude. last year and the year before, maybe a handful of people had 3ds's, but now everyone is a 3ds like or a Vita or a both, and I'm just sitting here going, man, I got my. You can just hold Jay's Vita. I like to point out I street pass. I've street passed Jay three times today. Yeah, thrice. Because which is great because you level up to level three and you can help me fight my monsters to get me cool things like Luigi hats and cat ears. Uh, you of my cat ears. I literally have cat ears now. Are Jay, you wearing them? No. Oh, <laughs> no, but I have them. Good. <laughs> oh, you've turned on my Vita. Hey, something I haven't done in a while. Hey, it's, uh, it's weird because in part, my love for the Vita was out of lack of other options. Like I was happy to have purchased a Vita and I played, I've played like a lot of good things. I've gotten good use out of it over the last year, but the actual games that I've played, like that are Vita games, like we talked about in the last podcast are like few and far between. Uh, like it yeah. is as, as a versatile gaming machine. I've really liked it, but there's still something like, you know, I, I like my DS. It seems familiar and reminds me of the good days of handhelds of old. But when I pick up your Vita here, I'm just like, oh, man, there's just so much, like, great stuff that someone could do with this machine. It is – it's so nice. It's so pretty. I love the interface. I am – I'm thinking more and more about playing Persona 4 if only to – not only do I have the damn system and, and the game. I'm like, I think I need to sit down and play a game whole hog to have an accurate feel for that yeah. system. So I, I think I actually think that if you played Persona Three Portable, that would probably be a good place to start at this point. Yeah, I kind of want to play that first because I, while I'm probably more excited about Persona Four, I feel like it would be difficult again knowing very little about it. I feel like it would be very difficult to go back. Yeah, I mean you've seen so much of Persona Four at this point yeah. too, like watching those giant bomb endurance runs, exactly. like. You'd be repeating a lot of the same things. Like when I replayed Persona 4 after watching. It'd, the, be, it'd been quite a while since you did Yeah, that. it'd been like two years. And so I got to make different choices. And it like I knew major plot points, but I couldn't remember like very specific things. So I didn't feel like I was trying to recreate that experience. Are you still going for Chie? Chie no, no. You're crazy. No. What are you going for? Rise. Oh, gross. Yeah, right? Oh, Loso, Rise. Gross. That tramp. She's not Jay, who's, who's the one you prefer? I'll go Chie all the way, man. Oh, no. She's got that cute short haircut and kicking people all the time. Okay. Fuck yeah, Chie. We're looking at the Naoto, man. Oh, oh, I've got pigtails and I work in the sushi shop. Yeah. Duh. I kind of like Yukiko. Uh, that, oh, that's a terrible. That's even worse on. than Rika. Yeah, she's no. the, she's oh. the born girl. But she's the first one that I started dating in the game. Yukiko. Yukiko. She, but, she's more interesting once you... Yeah, she's more interesting once you get into her social link a little bit. Kevin Ford just has a blank face. They all, they all sound schizophrenic right now. I don't like any of them as much as I like Mitsuru from 3, yeah, but she's whatever. Great. This just sounds like some weeaboo stuff going on right now. That's all I'm saying. You're not wrong, but it, it's, it is super fun if you get into it. Oh. 
All right. Well, should we end this podcast and yeah, get some shots? Let's, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Word. Word. Okay. <laughs> so that's Magfest Part One finishing yeah, up. We'll do, we'll do more. Yeah. Day you one. Have all, you have all this shit now plugged in. Day one, Part One. We could just pick up and record it anytime. Yep. Anytime. What? What time? Literally anytime. Anytime. Diaper time. I'm pooping right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that bad?